0: Welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast, focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project.
1: We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. Welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Once again we're joined by Frank Geskus and I'm your host Amelia and today we're going to be talking about, well, the evolution of building design.
0: In a way, yeah. In a
1: way, yeah. We're just Something going to like probably that.
0: cover last 25 years because that's what I've kind of been involved in.
1: You're a bit longer than me. A
0: little bit. <laughs> Let's not start talking about ages or anything like that. No,
1: I don't want to offend anyone.
0: No, really.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I just want to chat about how things have changed I suppose what I've seen in the last 25 years, and it's really interesting what people expect in a house, what they, um, you look at magazines and online and all that, and it's wonderful, there's some brilliant stuff out there. But the expectation of what you want in your house now, considering, like, we're all talking about the cost of living, but the cost of construction going up so much in the last three years as well. So I believe that will have a bearing as we go forward with uh, people's ideas and what they can afford. But then you've got to get smarter with the design and get more bang for your buck.
1: So how do you even, how do you do that?
0: It comes down to the wants and needs of the customer. You know, everyone's got their ideas, which is great. But then you've got to work with someone to then flesh it out. We call it the wish list. So we always ask for a wish list, everything that you want. And then we ask for another list of everything you can't do without. And we want them in a list of priority so we understand what their highest priority is, what's the most important thing to them. So then with design, whether it's an extension, a new home, alterations to something existing, we can then nut down to what's the most important thing, what their future plans are, what's the intention for the house, how long they're going to be there. We get asked a lot, is it over-capitalising? And we're not experts in that, but we can certainly uh, assist with what we think is value-adding, certain things but we also get them to do their own research on that so yeah there's a process to go through to understand listen understand and then put it down on paper in sometimes just a sketch form just to go through a design development process now you've always got this other thing and we've discussed before budget
1: it's a big one isn't it of
0: course it is and as it should be and trying to understand but we don't know the costs of everything so it's hard to judge some of these items that what customers want. because you could say hey i want a master bedroom and ensuite and walk-in robe and you might think in your head master bedroom four by four walk-in robe and an ensuite you know it might be another two and a half by four meters space how you get access to it, all that no their idea is Six and a half by seven because I want a parents retreat and they want to have an ensuite with a bath smack bang in the middle, so it doubles the size of it because you've got a toilet, bath, shower, and a double bowl vanity, and then three towel ra- heated towel rails, and then you've got the walk-in robe that you know you can it takes you ten minutes to walk down the other end of it because she's got so many clothes, you know the wife has got so many clothes.
1: I think you're making a bit of an assumption there. You think. Yeah.
0: You would not believe some of the size the walk-in robes we've done. They are massive. I had one where I had a seat in the middle so you can go look around, all the clothes and shoes and jewellery drawers and stuff like that.
1: That's, that sounds like my type of walk-in robe.
0: Oh, th- to be fair, I think a lot of ladies dream about some of these walk-in robes. We did one where she was into shoes. And with this massive wall and signed this type of rack system, she just collected shoes and she loved it. It was a thing. And fair enough. And we worked with the builder and and there's massive racks of all the shoes all shown off, nicely presented, sat nicely. There's a place for each one. It was very cool if you're into shoes.
1: Wow, I reckon Steve, one of our colleagues, would really enjoy that. He's he's got a shelf full of shoes. He's yeah. a bit of a shoe Let's man. Let, yeah. Well, hang on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're basketball shoes. They're collectibles. You oh, don't get that, do you? They're just shoes. They're to not man. Jimmy Chews or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> they're Air Jordans. They're all these other really cool shoes. Uh, and there's plenty of guys that collect stuff like that. But each to their own, isn't it?
1: Well, that's what it is. That's design, isn't it? It's each it to is. their own.
0: You know, what's important to you? You know, you get excited by that. I've oh, got other people with, you know, their Lego collections. You want to display all their Lego collections. But, you know, but we're getting away from the whole design topic. But we
1: certainly are.
0: <laughs> it, but it, it comes down to listening what the customer's wants and needs are and then be able to develop that into a design. It's all about listening, you know, and the same with the style of the building, same thing. But what's interesting that's been over a period of time is the different trends, wants, wants, And needs and and a couple of those are and we were just talking about it. Media rooms. For a while there, media rooms were huge. Everyone had to have a media room. And some of them were some of these media rooms we did were cool. Like they had sloping floors. I had one guy, he had all these audiovisual racks with blue lights behind it and he had these special chairs to go in there. They had six seats, big screen and like it was a seriously cool room.
1: Yeah, but to a lot of other people that might be seriously ridiculous.
0: Oh, yeah, could be like a car guy that wants to build his man cave, you know, and they go berserk in there doing their man cave look.
1: But now we're not sort of seeing so much of the, the media rooms. No, we're not. And I think that, do you think it's because of COVID?
0: I honestly don't know. It, it, I, I don't think there's a clear line of that. It was just a thing of having a media room, it was just a thing.
1: Yeah. I think definitely there's more sort of that multi purpose sort of space that people are searching for now.
0: I definitely agree because you want to be able to utilise the space and we spoke about as well when depending if you've got a, a family and you're building, you want to design a house or extending, renovating and I shared the story with friends of mine and they had a, a flexible space off the living area and it start off the kids were young, it was a toy room. So young kids like to be close to their parents when they're playing and stuff and all parents with young kids know they drag their toys and they drag it through all through the living area, dining, kitchen and they're everywhere if you've got a toy room off the side you can keep it a bit more contained or push it in close the doors and forget about it in that case it then developed when they got a bit older where they end up having a tv and xbox in their games room had a computer in there then it developed it further had like three computers in there and it's a study for the kids and stuff and now it's become part gym and home home office you know it's been a really good space directly off the living area that's a development of the family growing up through there and, and the space is being utilised. You The lounge, kitchen, dining hasn't changed at all. And we're seeing a lot more home office, study nooks. That's a big thing that's changed. You never used to have a lot of that.
1: I think that's definitely since COVID.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, people are looking for more flexible work hours and, and being able to work from home. I think, yeah, really popular these days
0: but everyone's got a device of some kind, phone or laptop or tablet or whatever it may be, and in some cases a desktop at home, and you want to be able to put it in a spot. You want to have a printer. They take a lot of space. So if you could put it into a cupboard that's about eight hundred deep, have a desk, put a chair in there, close the doors, all looks neat. Other places have um, offices, you know, for both mum and dad to work in there after hours or during one of them during the day. Done that plenty of times as well. So and that's one of the... Bedrooms converted into an office.
1: Yeah, that's pretty popular too. Yep, yep. Mm.
0: But you've got that extra space there to do that. So it's interesting how things have changed for necessity. You know, working from home, that was like for all of us, that was a bit of a shock. But we adapted and now the houses are starting to show that. But also entertaining at home. Like we've had a podcast on on our frescoes and oh, I don't know if it's been released yet but there is one <laughs> okay it has been released sorry <laughs> <let> <laughs> out spoiler of alert spoiler alert. <laughs> but anyway it, it, that, that, that's a really good topic but also entertaining at home has become really big too because it used to be just you know the tree to pine pergola out the back now it's a fully enclosed kind of sunroom with a barbecue um, you've got radiant heaters and all that and it, and that's become more popular too We've done some crazy ones, did one with a huge open fireplace and a room and it put a big TV in there in the middle of winter. This is Tassie, this huge open fire in this alfresco and then a barbecue at one end with the lounge suite in there, you know, each their own.
1: It depends what your preference is. That's right. You
0: know, and that's what we're talking about, listening to what the, the customer wants. And all these things are changing, like rumpus rooms. They used to be really big through the 80s and stuff. We see it occasionally now. It's not that big anymore. Whether they're more flexible space, but they're generally on a different level. You know, two story houses, mm-hmm. classic put rumpers. I've got that myself.
1: Mm, and my, me too. My,
0: yeah, my kids didn't actually use it really until about about fourteen, and they wanted to get away from us, and they had a bit of space downstairs to muck around and scream and yahoo, and, and that's fine. But we don't see it a lot anymore. Uh, Laundries—that's been an interesting one that that that's varied a lot. Really, we, that's yeah. a
1: surprising one. I thought that would be. You know, fairly consistent. consistent. You'd think so, wouldn't
0: you? But like you used to have the separate laundry, you know, in, in the average case, it's just a room. You've got the machine, bench, a tub, bit of storage space in there. I know for ourselves, we built a big one with one wall just full of cupboards, and that became our linen and a whole heap of other stuff. But we're seeing a lot more of the smaller laundries where they're tucked away in a cupboard mm-hmm. because people feel, no, I'm happy with having my laundry in a cupboard. I don't need an extra room. Or, they're, pu- they're getting more pushed into the garage space.
1: Yeah, I noticed that actually when I was living uh, on the mainland, there were a lot of new homes that were having the, the laundry in the garage and I have to say, I I didn't like it. it wasn't yeah. for me. No,
0: nope, it's not for you. That's fine. It, it, it's a bit like um, bathrooms. Like, do you like to have the toilet in the main bathroom? So you've got the shower, bath, vanity and a toilet. Some people like that. That's okay.
1: I prefer separate.
0: I agree. I, yeah. I prefer separate. And with teenagers, I prefer to have like what we call the three way bathroom where you've got a double bowl basin and then off one door you go to a separate toilet and another door you go off to the shower and bath area. Mm-hmm. So one kid could be in the toilet, one kid's having a shower, another one's brushing their teeth.
1: And it's not holding up the, the room for one person. Oh,
0: totally. It makes you know, sense it's, it's for not, a big family. Yeah, even with three, four mm-hmm. kids, it actually works quite well. Again, personal choice, you know. It comes down to that design, what people want and how they see their life, you know, how their lifestyle works through that house. But the laundry has been a really interesting one. Because we still do some massive laundries for people, you know, because that's what they like. Lots of storage space. Now with um, they've got the stacker dryer heat pumps, heat pump dryers on top of the washing machines and all those types of things. Put the cat in there,
1: mm-hmm. the dog <laughs> and they've sort of extended it out a bit longer to include a mudroom as well?
0: Yeah, on the especially on the rural properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get a sp- special space, for rural, hanging all the coats and boots and stuff, and it's close to a toilet and bathroom. So th- how they use the space, how it flows. Um, master bedrooms have changed a little bit, but one thing that hasn't changed enough, notice this is a 50-50 type thing where master bedrooms with a view, so, so if you... On a bit of a hill or whatever, got a view. Some people want to have a view out of their bedroom. Other people want to have it. Don't care. It's at the back of the house. Don't care. Others definitely want it away from the kids' bedrooms. We've got all these different preferences and how people want it function, and that's okay. You just got to listen and, and you design the house to suit. Uh, en suites. Well, they've changed a bit because of the showers.
1: The mm, showers have got
0: so much bigger. So some of these showers are massive. They are just huge. Like. Two, 2.3 metres long, metre wide, two shower heads in there. And you've got the, the niches or the big shelves that are in there. They're wonderful. They're great.
1: They look amazing, I've got to say.
0: Yeah. Um, the open shower, just a screen, used to be all the go. That's still there, but people are realising you lose so much heat, <laughs> you know, with the mm. steam going out rather than having it enclosed. Another one's come in in the last couple of years is bath, shower in the same space. So you have a bath up against the window, then you have a shower next to it, then you've got your glass uh, separating that and the vanity. So it's like a wet area.
1: Yeah, right. So it's quite open. It's quite open.
0: I'm Personally, don't find, I'm not a fan of it. It looks great, but it, I, I reckon it'd be awful trying to clean around the bath with all the water and stuff. Yeah, it and, would and, be a and, bit and of a pain. The bath has always got water splashed on it. Mm-hmm. But don't know, I haven't had to live with one yet. So I'd be interested to see what customers' feedbacks on those types of arrangements. Um, as I said, the outdoor entertainment's become a bigger thing. Spare rooms. Um, that's usually with the older generation. They always want to have spare rooms for guests and things like that, or if you've got extended family that visits. Kitchens. Yeah, that's there's been some interesting changes in the layouts of kitchens. I remember in the 90s where you had the C-shaped kitchens were pretty popular.
1: And quite closed off as well, like not yeah, as open yeah, plan. Not as open as plan, what they that's are right. Now.
0: Whereas the galley style is obviously very popular. But the big thing that's changed is um, the pantries. So during 80s, and 90s, you used to have these corner pantries and they had these 600 to 500 wide doors. Um, and I'm not a small bloke, but for me to get in there, had to do a sideways shuffle, and then you've got to try and turn on your feet to try and reach for something inside these pantries. They are so awkward and small, and you lose stuff in the corners. I can't remember the last time I've done one like that. Now they're all... We had this whole thing about pantries. We're pull-out pantries. Uh, that was quite popular for quite a while. That's now changed to the walk-in pantry, like proper walk-in. You can walk in, big load of shelves, to butler's pantries where you've got your appliances, a freezer, fridge... Uh, maybe another sink in there. You've got everything stored in there. Some, in some cases, you've got a full second kitchen. So you've got the pretty kitchen out the front and then you got the full working kitchen behind where you close the door if you're into dinner parties and all the stuff's out the back. Two dishwashers. Oh, wow. Yeah, one in each area. The other one's... Twin ovens? I can't believe we've done a few of those.
1: I've, I've got one, I have to admit. But I, I love it because I come from a big family and, you know, I can be cooking something and then keeping something warm, mm. you know, while something else is cooking.
0: Yeah, but again, this is your preference, how you work. So everything we're telling you, you know, that, that I've experienced, is nothing good or bad or anything like that or indifferent. It's purely what you want as a customer as you're developing your house, Renault extension doesn't matter but you know there's been quite a few times where we've had customers come and talk to us after they've dealt with another designer architect and they just haven't been heard they've got a plan that they don't like it's not what they asked for and they and in some cases they refuse to change so we've been able to work with them go through that process again we disregard that plan and we start again completely fresh And, and just nice being heard, and we listen, and we make the changes that we want. I don't think it's rocket science to do that. We can no. advise them and take them through that.
1: And I think it, it does really come back to, you know, choosing the, the right designer for you as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of people's personality going into their homes, and. Also, we give them options, ideas, and, and most designers' architects will do that, and they should do that. Um, I struggle with people dominating their ideas on their customers. You know, they, I'm just being fair dinkum with that. It, it, I don't understand that. It's a choice. You know? It's their castle at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, there are, I mean, designers and architects out there that have a particular look.
0: Yep, and they do a great job.
1: And, they, and I'm not saying they don't do a great job, but they have a style, and mm. it's... It, you know, it still is important that you listen to your client and mm. and understand what they're looking for as well.
0: Yeah, but maybe it doesn't work out. You don't always agree, so I then you are better off parting ways.
1: Yeah, or or maybe the client likes that look, and that's why they've picked oh, perfect. them. Perfect.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree with that. You know, if you know what they're going to provide for you, use them hundred percent. You know, and that's why you should do your research and who who your designer is going to be.
1: Because this is potentially quite a few months of investing in, you oh, know, time in in yes. your designer.
0: Yep, 100%. And if you're also you're doing selections, you know, like we've got our own team that does interior design and selections and things like that, that takes just as long as doing the the design either for a house or uh, extensions or renos, alterations. So there's a lot of work in this and, and yes, there's big decisions, there's dollar, big dollars involved sometimes. You've got to take your time on this and consider things. The other thing that's been a a big one that's come up, tiled decks were a huge thing during the last, I suppose, 10 to 15 years. So instead of the timber decks, go on tiles. Now, But what we've found, though, is that, I don't know what it is here in Tasmania that we've had seen so many of these tiled decks fail. And I'm talking about from a waterproofing point of view. all All the tiles have failed, cracked and whatnot. There's a whole bunch of different reasons. I can't answer them all. We just know that a lot of them have failed and it's cost people lots and lots of money to try and fix them. So we recommend not to do... Now, hang on, I've got a, I should have clarified something there. Tile decks on cement sheet bases on a timber frame.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So not on a concrete slab.
0: Yeah, we actually recommend go concrete now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, we don't see failures with concrete tile over the top of it. Waterproof it, it's fine. And I'm not having a go at anyone's products or anything or how people have laid. I don't understand why some of them have failed. I just don't. And we now listen to what happens in the industry, and we recommend no, you. We recommend to go down this path, or if it's possible, you do a timber deck, or you do a um, plastic timber hybrid decking boards. Something like that. Less chance of failure. Especially if it's over the top of another room downstairs. You really don't want that failing because that makes a right mess. So, yeah, it's it's one of those problems. So we all listen in the industry. We listen and see what's going right and wrong and we need feedback. Yeah. Again, some clients sometimes don't like that answer. You know, they want to have a tall deck, so then we're going to do it in concrete, which jumps cost jumps a fair way but to do a quality job none of us want anything to fail on a house we specify things we do details we work with the products of the suppliers and the product details but sometimes we don't know whether it's the install with product whether it's specific conditions that um things fail but we don't want them to fail we want it to for as long as the house
1: definitely not another thing that um you know, that was really popular in the past probably 10, 15 years ago now was, you know, your rendered houses. Oh, no. They no. were so popular. Everyone had bricks and then they wanted to render over the top and paint it.
0: Or, the, or oh, I shouldn't specify a certain product, but like a thin sheet, cement sheet that they used to render. Yes. And, yeah, it still comes up nowadays. We refuse to do it because we it doesn't last long. So why would you spend all this money? The render alone nowadays here in Tassie, it's like about $65, $70 a square metre to put on a render, depending on the substrate, then if it looks like rubbish in 10 years because things have moved in the frame and the the underlying cladding, wouldn't use it.
1: So what were the the popular problems that came up with that? Was it cracking? A lot of hairline
0: cracking. And when you had the sunlight on it, it looked like a dog's hind leg. She was just all over the place. Because you're using timber, cement sheet or other products... And, the, and they just moved. And then, renderers, most of the renders are a brittle finish. And then you've got hairline cracks everywhere, it's not flexible enough. So, we very rarely do render anymore. Mm-hmm. Some of the render houses look fantastic because of that, you know, how they've done the colors, color combination, the style. It works really well. And some of them still done really well. And I found over brick or block has been probably the best success. Or Hebel. Hebel is a very good substrate as well. Um, it still looks really, really good. It's more the lightweight products that I've had challenges with. Mm-hmm. And also not putting it in the right place. Like I've seen them on the coast. You put them near, near um, uh, corrosive environments and that has been great as well. And the results have been pretty poor. Oh, dear. Yeah. so it's choosing the right products in lots of situations. But a rental was massively popular. And, and now, because of the cost of it, you wouldn't do it in a lot of cases. You might do highlight features of it. But we're getting a lot more creative a lot with so many different more claddings now.
1: Oh, 100%. And, you know, not just one finish on a house, multiple cladding types yep. or material types. Yep.
0: textures, all that. Yeah. So that's been a... Big change. Roof shapes have changed a bit. You know, the curved roof.
1: Yes, that was back well, in the day, wasn't it?
0: But there were some that were just beautiful houses. The design, the proportions were magnificent. And But there were some that were just done, they were curved, just because they could curve, and now they look like crap. They look like a disused hangar.
1: <laughs> I love your description.
0: Oh, some look, just look really ordinary now because they weren't designed right. But at the end of the day, if the customer's happy with it, Fine. But now, we've mentioned before, the Scandi Barn is a great look and everyone wants to do that at the moment.
1: I feel like that's going to age very quickly though, going yeah. for a style like that.
0: I, I believe, but there'll be some that will be timeless because they're just proportionally done really, really well and designed well with the right glass and layout and I think they'll be tested over time. Others would just look like crap, uh, rubbish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you look through the 60s and 70s and all these other quite designs, some... Were done very well in a certain style. Others tried to attempt it, and it just didn't work. And you go around, like we're in Launceston, and you go through with the burbs, and there's some cool old houses from the sixties and seventies. They look they still look trick.
1: Yeah, some of them that are that are built and designed really well, and you know, you renovate the inside from the, you know, mm. the shag pile carpet and all of that.
0: The shag pile's coming back.
1: Oh no, that's uh
0: especially in the toilet.
1: Oh no. <laughs> so, uh,
0: no. We laugh every time we go visit a house. There was one we had pink shag pile in the toilet.
1: Oh, that's gross. <laughs>
0: or, or my absolute favourite is spa bath in the corner with steps going up, and you've got the shag pile on the steps going up to the spa bath.
1: Oh, I, I know the project that you're talking oh, about. Magnificent
0: magnificently That, that was horrible. a ripper, it was wasn't man- it?
1: It was awesome.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: but, but we can laugh at
0: these things. I we thought it was can. a good idea at the time.
1: Oh, I'm sure it was amazing at the time. Everyone thought it was very luxurious.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can laugh at it.
1: Until it was all mouldy on the bottom and horrible because it's, you know, on a on a spa bath.
0: I oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's people being creative and trying stuff. Like, like some of the tiles that I've seen that are being used at the moment, I'm thinking, oh, that's going to date in a year. You know, some of the mosaics and stuff that I'm seeing, oh going to date Mm fast but again if that's what they love happy days
1: and and maybe they're happy to renovate again in 10 years
0: well it seems to be that way with bathrooms and kitchens you know there's there's certainly a lot more of a cycle nowadays for people updating isn't there
1: oh 100
0: i suppose that's another big change people renovate their their bathrooms and kitchens more frequently well they do rent here anyway
1: i think it's to do also i think with At the moment, the cost of living, you know, it makes sense to adapt what you already have and actually buy new.
0: Oh, that's true. And and I've said this to the guys too, when we were at the the GFC, it was the same thing. People had equity in their homes and they'll they'll borrow on the home to do renos rather than move or anything. And it's happening again right now. We're starting to see that. And there's nothing wrong with that because the location, location, location,
1: location. 100%.
0: You know, you know, other people like acreage and we've discussed that. We have, yeah. You know, and uh, that's getting harder to find. Well, as the further si- out. Yeah, further and further out. Yeah. So things change and all the wants and needs change as well as we've discussed. So, But look, you've got to find a designer that's going to listen to you and help you through the process.
1: So I guess that's really the take-home point. Find a designer that's going to listen to you. Yep. And, and understand exactly your needs, wants and desires for your home because, it, you know, it's got to be functional for you and all the needs that you have.
0: And listen to your ideas, you know, and qualify them. Go through, see if they understand you, see if they listen to you. Did they take heaps and heaps of notes to, and repeat them back to you to understand you and, and what you want to do? I think it's a good good test. Definitely. So, yeah, do your research. Do we say that a lot, don't we? I
1: think we say that in every single podcast. But, I know, but I it know. is true. It's so true because so many people that get caught out they haven't done their research.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. But people that have done their research still caught out. And I'm feeling really sorry for all these building businesses go bust. I feel sorry for the businesses going bust, but also feel sorry for the really sorry for the customers that are caught because they're stuck with a slab or a frame or a half-built house. And it's a horrible experience. It's just just beyond belief how bad it is for some people. Okay. And in some cases we'll send them broke because they're stuck with this, with an asset that they can't move on and do anything with. And um, I've got my own views on how things have worked and uh, shouldn't work. Um, but there's got to be a better system in place because it's not... The builders aren't bad builders. I think we've got to point that out. They're not bad builders. It's a business thing, you know, how they've run the business, how they've got caught out in their business because there's plenty of other businesses go broke or bust because of other circumstances. But um, I I think it comes down to a whole business thing.
1: That's a whole nother podcast, Choosing Your Builder.
0: Choosing Your Builder, yeah. All
1: right, we might wrap it up there, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time. See you later. listening to the building design prime time podcast